Paris is always a good idea, you said. You said I'd be happy here. You couldn't have meant without you. I thought it was all a lie. So did I. But something happened. It was a lie. And then it was a dream. Hello, movie lovers. Welcome to the Does It Hold Up podcast, where we talk about some of your favorite movies of all time to decide if they still hold up to today's standards. I'm Adam. And I'm Emily. And this week, we're going over 1995's Sabrina. Woo! All right. So this is a movie that neither one of us has ever seen. Yeah. Which is, I believe, a first for the show, because this was brought to us by a listener of ours who reached out to us on Instagram and suggested that we cover this movie. is one of her favorite movies. This movie is a remake of a 1954 classic starring Humphrey Bogart and Audrey Hepburn, which is the version I have seen. But that's not even the original, because it was a play before it was a movie, which is just crazy because it was only a play for one year. Must have been Before a good that play. movie came out, which means they probably <laughs> optioned it, like just reading it. Hearing the cast list from the original, I'm kind of looking forward to watching that one as well, mm-hmm. just to see it. I mean, who did, whom, who else did you need to hear besides Humphrey Bogart to be like, I'm all in on this movie? Audrey Hepburn. That's fine. But like, it's just Humphrey Bogart. You just see those movies because he's in it. <laughs> like, period. <laughs> you don't need more than that. So, but you got more than that Audrey because you Hepburn. have Audrey Hepburn. Yeah, she's like, when you're eating a cake and like you're just like, oh, this is a really good cake. And then you get to the, the filling that you didn't know existed and you're like, oh, this cake just got taken to another level. That's her in this movie. Humphrey Bogart is the cake. And then she's that sweet center that you didn't know you needed, but it's great. But now I want to know who's the frosting. Humphrey Bogart. He's the cake. He's He's all of it. Then he would also be the filling. Your metaphor does not make sense. It does make sense. <laughs> you think you just have a regular cake. No, but you, you would say Humphrey Bogart is the cake and Audrey Hepburn is the ice cream no, that comes with it. No, yes. it doesn't make any sense. Who has ice cream with their cake? A lot of people. Really? Yeah. That's a thing? Yeah. Cake is cake, is cake though. Like I understand ice cream with a cookie or ice cream with a brownie, but with a cake? Yeah, no, a lot of people have ice cream with cake. Okay, with a pie, sure, but a cake? A cake, yeah. Who are these people? I would like to meet them and My do a family. whole documentary about why they do that, because that is just too much sweet on sweet. My family does it. Cake is already, like, then just buy an ice cream cake? Like, I don't, <laughs> I'm really confused by this. Okay, this is <laughs> so off topic. So tangenty here, but it's okay. We're going to switch this pod and it's going to become the what the f- pod, where we talk about the weird shit that people do. No one eats no one gets a scoop of ice cream with a cake. Yeah. Where do you put it? On the side. How do you eat it? Do you eat you, the ice cream first and then the cake? Do you eat them at the same time? You, like, do you take a fork of cake and then a fork or a spoon of ice cream and put them in your mouth at the same time? Some people I'm do. Fascinating. Some people. <laughs> some people eat it at the same time, and some people like go back and forth. They have a piece of cake, then they have a bite of ice cream. Do you have to heat up the cake so that it matches? So that it's the opposite of the cold ice cream? No. Oh my god. Okay. We're going to talk so much more about this. I am... You were just at a party in which they offered ice cream along with the cake. I do not remember this. (laughs) I am fascinated fully by this, though. Let us know on our socials, which you can find by clicking the link in the description of this podcast. If you eat ice cream with cake, 
Or if that's ever been an option given to you. I've never heard this before. Yeah. Like brownies, I'm all in. Like a nice warm brownie with a big scoop of ice cream, but I would never have ice cream with cake. Cake is perfect by itself. You gotta have some ice cream, apparently. I tend not to, but you know. Yellow cake, fudge. What's your favorite cake? I honestly don't know. I've never been one to deny cake. So whatever anyone else is having, that's what I'm having. Just if, if it's cake, I'm in. Yeah, pretty much. All right. <laughs> okay, so let's get back on topic. That was a nice little tangent, but wow, it was... Didn't know you were I coming have... to a Sabrina pot and talking all yeah. about cake. <laughs> I have so many more questions about that. All right, fine. For the sake of this metaphor, Humphrey Bogart is a cake and Audrey Hepburn is the ice cream on the side, I Beautiful. guess. Beautiful. Okay. Okay. Ugh. <laughs> but both movies were based on a play, but the play is called Sabrina Fair. Okay. They... they just drop that word fair for the movies, which I think makes the most sense. It I don't know if a does. movie called Sabrina Fair uh, is marketable as well as just a movie called Sabrina. It might have helped with my confusion thinking this movie was about Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I mean, the Sabrina the Teenage Witch is way after this. I had never seen either one of them. So the so. play was written by Samuel Taylor that ran on Broadway for 318 performances. That's... Quite a successful play. It first debuted on Broadway November 11th, 1953. Got some good critical acclaim, some success. Audiences were really liking it. And that's why it got a movie a year later and why it got a remake again in 1995. Crazy. Yeah. This is a movie and a play that just like flew under the radar, apparently. Which is really interesting. This doesn't seem like one that should have. given when you look at the cast. Yeah. It's just weird. She's like, I'm like dumbfounded when they brought this to my attention and they were like, hey, you should cover this movie. I was like, oh my God, yes, because I don't know it exists and I can't <laughs> wait to dive into it. So the director of this film was Sidney Pollack. Did that name ring a bell at all? No. Didn't think so. Uh, he directed movies like The Firm, Out of Africa, which won Best Picture and Best Director for him. Okay. And Tootsie. Okay. I've heard of Tootsie. Okay. Have you seen Tootsie? I don't think so. He did a lot of other movies, too. Those are just three I pulled. Really well-known director. Uh, this was obviously late later in his career. I believe he passed away in 2007. Okay, let's look at this cast, and then we'll do numbers and all that good stuff. So, this is our third movie in the last, like, month and a half of Harrison Ford. Big was a dude name. Big was a dude name? You want to try that one more time? <laughs> I think you meant to say dude was a big name. I like it. <laughs> yeah. From now on, that's what I'm calling it. <laughs> My dyslexia came out full force there. <laughs> Big was a dude name. All right. He I'm was. not even flustered, okay? He was. Uh, it's so funny, though. We cover, like, Star Wars and Indiana Jones, two of the biggest things of all time. And then he hits us with this, like, somewhat lesser known, more small scale type movie. And it's like, holy crap. I realized I didn't know him from anything besides those big bl- blockbuster movies right when you think harrison ford you think like this dude has made nothing but hundred million dollar summer blockbusters yeah no apparently not he plays linus larrabee the main guy in this julia ormond plays sabrina fairchild she hasn't been in a lot uh she wasn't in a lot before this this was like her big big break and then after this she did some movies that you've never heard of but she did go into like some tv she was in a bunch of episodes of like law and order okay 
Do I know which Law and Order? No, just Law and Order. <laughs> There's uh, been about nine million episodes of that. So yeah, she was one of the focuses of the Witches of East End, which was a show that ran for like one season. But she was also in the Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Okay, as one of the. But there was a lot of people in that one, so it's like yeah. But uh, yeah, interesting career. I thought this movie would have put her on the path to stardom. Like, she would have been a massive hit after this. Apparently, this movie was forgotten by time. Yeah. Uh, Greg Kinnear plays David Larrabee, Linus's Mm -hmm. brother and the love attention of Sabrina. Greg Kinnear, you'll know from as as good as it gets. Nope. You've Got Mail. Heard of it. He was the voice of the bad guy Ratchet in Robots. Oh. Yeah, that's why I put that one in there, because I know you would know that one. Uh, he's great as David. I will break, we'll get into these people more as we're talking about the movie. Uh, Nancy Marchand plays Maud Larrabee, their mom. I know her from Regarding Henry, which came out, I believe, a year before this or two years before this, also starring Harrison Ford. <laughs> and then she went into tons and tons of TV shows and direct-to-TV movies. Yeah. She's like the queen of TV stuff. John Wood plays Fairchild, Sabrina's dad. Who sadly does not get a name besides his last. Yep. You, have you ever seen The Little Vampire? Yes. He's in that. Okay. Sure. Uh, he's in a great <laughs> movie called Shadowlands, which we should definitely check out. Yeah. It's fantastic. And then uh, 1983's War Games with Matthew Broderick. Okay. You just, okay. I you know Harrison Ford. Good job. I know Harrison Ford. <laughs> that's the only one you know from this. I've heard of things that the father was in, and that's about it. All right. Box office. Yeah. This movie had a budget of $58 million. Okay. That is a lot of money for this movie. Yeah, Harrison Ford. He, sure. I don't know if he was commanding that much money quite yet at this time. And they went to France. Yeah, that's exactly it. I think they actually did a lot of true location filming. And they got some helicopters. Yeah, that's where all the money went. That estate that they rented yeah. to act as the offices, to act as this and that. Everything shot on location. Nothing in this movie was shot like on sound stages, mm-hmm. at least as far as I can tell. It yeah. felt everything was just out there open. That's going to cost a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Domestically, it only took in $53,458,319. So missed its budget by about $5 million. I'm really interested to see what the marketing was for this movie. Because I feel like around this time, Harrison Ford should have just brought in a large crowd no matter what. Correct. So I was thinking about that. I'm going to touch upon it as soon as we get through the box office. Okay. Internationally, it took in $33.6 million, so mm-hmm. worldwide, $87.1 million. So that's not terrible. In 1995, it was ranked 29th, kind of. <laughs> so this movie came out December 15th, 1995, and it played into 1996. And when you're looking up the numbers, it can give you the total that it's made. But when you're looking at yearly breakdowns, it only includes the portion that it made that year. Mm-hmm. So technically, it's on the top 100 for 95 and the top 100 of 96 as well. So I take those numbers, I combine it, and then I just look at the year it was released to see where it would have landed. So it didn't actually come in 29th. It was way farther down the list because it only made 30-something million of that money in 95. Mm -hmm. It uh, fell right after Clueless, huge cultural cult classic, and right above Father of the Bride 2. All right. Uh, adjusted for inflation, it would have made 129.4 million in 2022, and it would have ranked 14th, right ahead of Nope. Not bad. No, not bad at all. But you know, like you said, Harrison Ford. Yeah. Okay. So marketing. Let's talk about this. I think the reason why 
it didn't do better, especially with Harrison Ford in it. Not the type of movie people wanted Harrison Ford to be doing. Well, very true. In 1995, he should he was doing stuff like Air Force One is a year away from coming out where he plays the president who has to fight off terrorists aboard Air Force One. He had just, in, a, in the mid-80s, 84, no, 89, is when the last Indiana Jones was. People were still picturing him that way. Mm-hmm. I don't think they wanted to see him as a romantic comedy lead. And I think that might have turned people away, actually, and hurt its box office with him in this role, rather than helped it. Interesting. Thoughts? I could see it. I honestly, like I said, I don't even now have not really pictured him in anything other than being this macho action guy. Yeah. So seeing him in this way was definitely different. At least he punches somebody in this movie. So at least he gets a little action in this. But yeah, he's an action star. Mm -hmm. He's the gruff, everyday guy who gets to be the hero and beat people up. I would almost say it's like having Tom Cruise be in a romantic comedy right now. Yes, now. Because he's been in them before. Yeah. Like 2011's Night and Day with Cameron Diaz. Never even heard of it. Oh, it's a really awful rom-com, but he's still an action star in it. (laughs) It's really, really weird. But yeah, that idea of Tom Cruise, nothing but action star. Mm -hmm. Now all of a sudden he's going to do a nice slow-paced romantic comedy? Nobody would see it. Yeah, where he's not even fully the lead. Yeah, Yeah. it's about somebody else. Yeah, so I think maybe that's why it got hurt. Could be. I know the cinema score had it at an A-. minus. An A-? minus. This movie should have done a lot better. And now I'm curious as to what, like... What happened? Critics said after that. Yeah. Because that's interesting. Well, Roger, since we're talking about critics already, Roger gave it a 3.5. Okay. A quote I grabbed from him. Musing about Sabrina, I formed some notions about why the plot is so powerful. It gives us the myths of Cinderella and the Ugly Duckling, inserts some powerfully murky Freudian impulses, and wraps them up in a romantic comedy. Perfect. That was the first line, lines of his quote. That, that part of his review right there is the reason why I think he's the goat of <laughs> reviewers. Yeah. That is so succinct and yet encapsulates everything you need to know about this movie yeah. in two sentences. It's a lot of the old classics, but it's going to have the that little cheekiness to it that you're going to enjoy. Correct. That that 1990s sensibility about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's really good. I like that. That's a great pull. The Rotten Tomato critics have it at a 63%, and the audience has it at a 64%. 63 and 64. Yes. Okay, so they're literally deadlocked. That They're the same. Yes. But we know those numbers don't mean pretty much anything. Pretty much anything at all. So let's look at what the numbers actually are trying to say. So out of 10, the critics give it a 6.1. Right in line with their percentage. Exactly. Audience, however, 7.2. Ooh, much different. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Theirs went up quite a bit. Okay. Let's just let's just get this out there open right away, right at the beginning here. Hmm. Do we like Harrison Ford as a romantic lead? Because this, this isn't the only movie he's done it in. Mm-hmm. But this is the only, I think, romantic comedy he's ever done. Yeah. He's done other romance movies, but it's usually like action romance, like Six Days, Seven Nights, where they're stranded on an island. So, it, But it's not like this. This is the only one, I think, where it's comedy. What, what do we think? I both love him and hate him 
in this role. But do you hate him as the actor or do you just hate the character? The actor. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. I really like the fact that we got a more vulnerable Harrison Ford. We got to see some moments. He does get to stretch his acting legs and really get to go for it. I just don't think he really has chemistry with the female lead. Ooh, I disagree. I just, there's something off there, something that just didn't click, at least for me while viewing it, that I was just like, ooh, hmm, something doesn't quite work there. Okay, let me posit this to you, though. Yeah. What if that was purposeful? They are so separated between class, sophistication, upbringing, everything, social divides, all of that stuff. They're not supposed to be on the same same wavelength, and yet they can still connect. Does that change anything? Not fully. Okay. Like, I I got a lot of that through just the acting. It was just, maybe for me, it was weird seeing Harrison Ford trying to kiss someone, because it just, that part seemed awkward every single time it happened. That's true. Very, very true. It's just like, oh, oh. He's not not a good kisser. No. Like, I don't know from personal experience like, how good his kisses are. But okay, like, visually, visually yeah. he is not a good kisser. He does, like, really awkward things. Yeah. And he, it, okay. That might be it for me. That might be the whole thing that's tanking that performance. Is it just me, or does it look like he presses way too hard when he kisses? Like, it looks like he's trying to smash her face in with his face. Yeah. It's- like, it's... This is not like a, he like halfway misses her mouth sometimes yeah. and it's just like, oh, this is not an action movie, man. You don't got to go in that hard for it. <laughs> Calm down. He only knows action. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, what do you got to do? I got to hit her in the face with my mouth done. <laughs> Headbutt. Wait, yeah. tone it down. Yeah. Oh, tone it down. I got to kiss her. Really awkward. Yeah. But I think their chemistry was was OK. I think it probably could have been better. Mm-hmm. I honestly... I liked Harrison Ford in this movie is a hundred times better if it's somebody else. I'm going to actually bring up a question of mine, but okay. I have some information behind it. What ages are they supposed to be? I don't know. I assume thirties. I was questioning that the entire time. And so I went through and looked up how old they would, the actors would have been at that time. Yeah. Julia was 30 years old. Greg was 32, but Harrison Ford was 53. Yeah, that makes sense. So, I think he was supposed I, to be playing 40. I know, but that age gap, something about it, just, it, ooh. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't, didn't quite bo- like it. Didn't bother me at all. Oh, for me, it got me a little like, oh. Mostly because Harrison Ford, when he was 20, looked like he was 80. Man has always <laughs> just looked old, so, like, it doesn't matter. Uh, I don't know. I think that might be part of why I, I didn't quite connect with it. I, I mean, was look at, like, oh, look that at, looks uh, like your dad. Look at Star Wars. Look at uh, New Hope. Yeah. Luke Skywalker looks like he's 12. Mm-hmm. Leia looks like she's 18. And Han Solo looks like he's 40. <laughs> like, don't, you can't even lie. that He it, looks like he he's in his 30s. Okay. There, yeah. But they both look like teenagers. Oh, uh, yeah. They're supposed to be like early 20s, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're only supposed to be a couple years apart. But he looks like he's mid-30s. They look like they're teenagers. Dude has always just looked old. <laughs> always. Yeah, so th- that I think... A mixture of those things is what, like, took me off from that romance. What if, what if they switched the roles? What if Greg Kinnear played Linus and Harrison Ford played David? Better or worse? 
Well, the age range wouldn't work very well. Um, because it's supposed to I mean, be the younger be fat- brother. Yeah, but we can just switch it. Like, Linus could be the younger brother who takes over everything. Like, what if they made that adjustment? Mm. Linus was the one who is the partier. Dave could, is the one who took everything over. Does it work? I could see it a little bit. Okay. I could see that simply well, because, I'm telling like, just for you, because you have a problem with Harrison Ford being so much older. Greg Kinnear was about her age. Yeah. So literally just making them play the other roles, does that work? It might, because then it's like, okay, the idea of Hots for Teacher idea. It's, yeah. That that was my thought, too, is like, ooh, the older man, ha huh? But then she falls for somebody her age that's more in line with who she should be with. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think it might play a little bit better than that, that way. But who knows? True. Um, Greg Kinnear as David. Good or not good? I thought he was fine. I thought he was... They sidelined him a lot towards the middle of the movie. Well, because it's not for his a reason. Movie. Yeah. yeah. I didn't... You can't blame the movie for sidelining a side character. <laughs> Are you serious right now? God, this movie was terrible because that, like, sea We did not get enough of the one maid who liked telling stories. Okay? Rosa? Yes. Oh, Rosa was great. Okay. Yeah, but see, we got just enough Rosa. Any more we, we Rosa. We needed more Rosa. I might have been annoyed. No, I needed more Rosa. Of I need all the Rosa. You know who I needed more of? Hmm. Paul Giamatti. Yes, dude. How did random he, was that? Did he even have a line in this movie? Yeah, like four. Wow. How, how random is that, though? Dude would go on to be like a huge star. Yeah. Like people love him. He's one of the best working actors. What was he doing in this? Bigger than half the stars in this movie. I think he's only in second to Harrison Ford. Yeah. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I, I love going back to watch old movies and being like, oh my God. There's also a woman who I had to point out because I love her and everything I know her in, but I've never actually known her. Yeah. And it was uh, the doctor for nurse. the nurse for uh, David's character yeah. at the house. And apparently the newest thing I've seen her in was Cocaine Bear. Yeah, she's the park ranger in Cocaine Bear. She's um, just always in stuff, and I yeah. love her every time. Yeah, she just she's one of those that guys where you don't know who they are. They just show up in a lot of things. I, I know a lot of that guys. Well, and I always get excited for them, but I know nothing about them. You do, but also you think some stars are that guys because you can't place them. Yeah. Like That's this person has like uh, 200 IMDb credits. They've been in some of the biggest movies of all time. They've starred in some of the biz- biggest movies of all time. And you'll still be like, that's a that guy. I normally am like, I know this person from, they're in tons of things. I just don't know who they are. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever. I know you and no. <laughs> okay, let's get into this movie. Yes. The, the idea that it's a rom-com, what worked better? The romance or the comedy? The comedy. You think so? Oh, yeah. I agree. I was laughing my butt off for a good chunk of this movie. Dude, you were laughing at weird times, too. Oh, yeah. Because it was like the little things people were doing were just getting you rolling. Yep. The jokes, you were like, huh, those are funny. But then, like, somebody would roll their eyes in the background and you'd just, like, cry. Laugh so hard (laughs) at it. And it was like, I don't know what the hell you're doing. One of my favorite bits that I know you got confused on why I was laughing was when David asks sabrina to dance and he's like we should dance and she's like what now he's like yeah it's much harder without the music and that just cracked right. me up so hard and then you just were dying from it yeah i i didn't get it i didn't get it there were so many just quick little quips of humor in this that i loved my only problem with it is that pretty much everyone was that way 
And it was just like, okay, you're, you're doing the Marvel thing. Not everyone can be witty. Well, Marvel took it from them because this came out in 95. I'm, it's the whole idea. 13 years before Iron Man existed. I'm just saying Marvel as in because everyone knows that Marvel is super quippy now. Yeah, all right. All right. So first thing I want to talk about is the Sabrina in the tree mm-hmm. overlooking the first fancy party. We get her narration about how her dad is the chauffeur. So they live on these grounds and this and that. And they always have these parties. And you're basically getting everybody's intros. Yeah. Creepy, right? Really creepy. Because they make mention that that's not the first time she's been up in the tree. She's up there for pretty much every party and they have one uh, once per month, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Creepy. Mm -hmm. Why do we like her? I honestly don't know. This is a major question I have throughout the whole story is, is she just super creepy? Yes. Yeah. I struggled to connect with her and kind of root for her for that main reason of... She's a little uh, stalkerish, a little psycho. Yeah, because this is where we find out that she's in love with David. They do, they've never talked. No, he doesn't even know her name. Well, he does. Because when she falls out of the right. tree, he's like, oh, Sabrina, it's you. So he definitely knows who she is, but thinks of her as the help. Yeah. Super weird. She's like obsessed with this man, thinks about him all the time, talks him. Her dad is literally like enough. Oh, yeah. That's a problem. He literally has to go, hey, this is not a full-time job. Like, you can't make money this way. Stalking him is not a profession. Yeah. Please seek help immediately. Yeah. Yeah, they start this movie. If she's supposed to be our protagonist, the one that we connect with and that we like, this is not the way to start it. No. Although, if it were following the dad, I'd be here for it because he is so sassy. I love him. Oh, every time he showed up, every time he showed up, I wanted to just, like, put the whole world on mute so I could just focus on him question yeah are the side characters better than the main characters in this movie no really close though well it depends who's your main characters who who am i pitting the side characters against the main characters are the two brothers and sabrina and then side characters are everyone else (laughs) uh no are the side characters better than sabrina yes (laughs) are the side characters better than all three of them no all right Who's who's the tipping factor there? Probably David. Really? Yeah. And I think it's mostly Greg Kinnear's performance. Okay. I think he's fantastic as David. He comes across as like the rich boy who never had to do anything. He plays that role perfectly. And just everything he does and the way he falls in love with Sabrina when she completely changes everything about her is like (laughs) so classic. And he plays it perfectly that he tips that scale. What I found interesting about his performance in particular is the fact that he's not completely hateable. You don't want, you don't have to hate him completely because he does little things or he has little moments where you're like, oh, you're not 100% terrible. Right. Even so that when, his turn come later makes sense. Yeah. Even when he starts flirting with Sabrina when she returns and he's engaged at the time, mm-hmm. you still don't hate him. Because it's almost like he got tricked into the engagement. Mm -hmm. And you can tell he doesn't actually want to be engaged. So, like, I'm not even mad at it. Like, normally I'd be like, all right, dude, like, you're engaged. Chill the f*** out. Yeah. But here I'm like, are you really engaged, though? Yeah, you didn't get down on one knee. She was just kind of, hey, Why uh, don't you marry me? It was more like a dare. Hey, why? I dare you to marry me. And he's like, oh, yeah? You dare me? Well, I dare you to say yes. And she's like, well, I will. And then somehow they were just engaged. It yeah. was super awkward. Yeah. Well, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Sorry. <laughs> nah, it's fine. It's such a weird part. Uh, so Sabrina goes off to France. Yeah. So right after that party, literally the next day, 
she flies to Paris mm-hmm. for a job at Vogue. Because, you know, magazine. this chick definitely screams Vogue. Rich connections. He literally says, the dad tells her, thank God for this rich person because she got you this connection and this job at Vogue. This part made me really think of Devil Wears Prada. And I'm like, did they come up with the idea for that movie based on this one little aspect <laughs> of this movie? Facts. Probably. <laughs> They're like, person who shouldn't be at Fashion Magazine goes to Fashion Magazine. Well, it's funny because Sabrina, Julia Ormond, even gives me Andy vibes. Yeah. She has the same look about her, the same colored hair, the same glasses when she walks in. She becomes in. fashionable yep. later on Afterwards. with a haircut. Yeah. Yep. Damn. All right. We found the inception of Devil Wears Prada. I'm going to have to do some deep diving into Devil Wears Prada (laughs) and find out if the person who wrote it had seen this or whatever. But she goes to France. And while she's gone, this is when David meets a doctor. Mm -hmm. Doctor whatever her name is. Elizabeth? Elizabeth? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Elizabeth. Um, Meets her and they get engaged and all that stuff. So nobody tells Sabrina, which I think is really fucked up. Yeah. Her dad is like, I've been putting this off for so long. No, they do tell they do tell her. I've been putting this off for so long, but I feel like I now have to tell you, even though it happened like two months ago. True. No, no, no. Tell they her right away. They definitely put it off. This chick is obsessed with this man. If you would have told her right away, she would have had a lot of time to cope with it, come to terms with it, and return without being obsessed with him. I thought she kind of did. I thought she did have time after she found that out, and that's why we kept going back to her putting stuff over his thing her no, his no, no. picture no yeah. she put stuff over his picture before the dad wrote the letter about the engagement yeah i'm just saying there was it was almost all completely was, done I'm, besides the eyes no no yeah, you're right the movie tells us she was getting over him she mm-hmm. was letting him go because she was in love with the photographer that she was working with in paris maybe not in love but was with him enjoying her life there everything but the note saying he's engaged made her come back to him do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? No. You, okay. So it's like she was just about over him, but then finding out that he was no longer on the market made her think about being with him again. I don't think so. Absolutely. Nah. Absolutely. The movie literally spells it out for you. No. It couldn't be any easier. She spends She's more getting... time in Paris before coming back. The only reason she gets. She writes one more note before she comes back. She that gets we that... see. She gets that note. No, no, no. She gets that note, reads it. She looks at the dude she's dating in Paris. They have a night together where he's like, I sleep with you, but you're not in the right mindset. So you need to get your head straight before we can continue. Also, because justice she's thinking, for him. Oh, yeah. He's Louis is freaking great. You should have just stayed in Paris and married him. Absolutely. I, I agree. That's the love story we needed. But he, he does all that. I think she goes to like one more photo shoot and then she writes the note saying I'm on my way home. Yeah, we I, don't see a lot more in Paris after that. I'm just saying time probably passed. She was over him until he paid her attention when she got back. And no. then that was the whole high of like, oh, you don't know who I am? Like, <laughs> no way. I'm awesome. N- no way. Yes. Because then why did she break up with Lewis? Because it, it, she was she, leaving. No, it's because she just read the, go watch the movie again. She literally reads the note. And then we see that moment in bed where he's like, you got to go to your head straight because she's busy thinking about David again. She was over him until the note arrived. Yeah. Now, if he would have sent the note when it first happened, she would have had another couple of months in France to get over him before coming home. The dad is the reason why this entire movie happens. Mm. 
I, th- hmm. I think it's because of that Picasso painting. <laughs> it's all because of that painting. Damn that painting. Mm-hmm. So she returns from her, her like six months? How long was she gone? I thought it was a, at least a year. I want to say like the way they respond to her, meaning like it'd been a few years for some reason. But that well, that's at least the way David responds to her. But Linus definitely seems like she's only been gone for oh, six yeah. months to a year. Yeah, I don't think it's been that long. I think it's, like you said, six months to a year. That was it. I mean, she was going for like a basically a summer internship type job. Yeah. So she comes back from Paris and somehow David picks her up. No, she gets dropped off around town and he's there to pick up that painting. Yeah. And he picks her up from there. Okay. Because she's pretty. So should she end up with David by the end? Because that's some serendipity shit right there. Mm, I think that it sets some... her on the path toward Linus. I don't, that's some like weird destiny stuff right there. For him True. to be picking up that painting at that exact moment that she's walking in that exact area after she's been gone for a year. That's some weird coincidence. All of this movie was meant to be. Yeah. It is a fairy tale after all. It really is. It is like a classic Disney fairy tale told in a more realistic sense. Yeah. They just don't even hide that it's fairy tale-esque. No. I mean, they literally this is call just her. never going to happen. <laughs> Rosa constantly calls her a princess. Yeah. Tells her she's a princess and all this stuff. And she goes and gets the makeover. And all of a sudden the prince notices her. Mm-hmm. They drive back. And David has no idea who she is. Linus sees her. And he's like, yo, what's up, Sabrina? And mm-hmm. she's like, hee, hee, hee. And David's like, who? What? And he, invites her to a, and he invites her to a party. Yeah. And she goes with him to this party and he's flirting with her and he's pulling his old magic trick of getting the bottle of champagne with two glasses and they're going to go to the uh, solarium mm. to drink and dance and probably have sex. Yeah. I was and a, she's just into it. I was a little surprised she wanted to go there thinking that that's where he takes his flings. Yeah, well, because she wants to be one. She wants to be what all those other women were to David, thinking she'll be the one that gets more than two dates. Yeah. So she knows the process, which is super creepy. Yeah. You should not know his process. Yeah, she knows it down to the last detail. What song's playing every time? Yep. Yeah. Oh, it's super creepy. Mm Mm-hmm. He should have ran. Yeah, at multiple times. Multiple people should have ran from her. Yeah. But this is the one moment that really just turns me off from her completely when she's flirting with a man that she knows is engaged. And it's just like, I don't blame him because like I said, he doesn't want to be engaged. He kind of got tricked into it. But I do blame her. I blame them both. Knowing he's engaged. Sure, but she definitely takes more of the blame. Yeah. 70-30? Yeah. I'd say say more 50-50. There's no way. I don't think he's 50-50. There's no way. Hmm. I'll give you like 60-40, but it's no 50-50. Yeah, she definitely knows what she's doing, though. Yeah, she set this up. Let's talk about how she comes back looking completely different from Paris, Mm -hmm. from France. But the entire time she's in France, she looks like the girl that left. Yeah, we don't get to see her transition, which I found really annoying. Very. Because it's like, we watched you throughout pretty much your entire time in France, and we don't get to see this change, so you made that change right before coming home? Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, you would have thought it would gradually happen while you were in France as you were becoming your own person. You're not supposed to try to fool your audience with the transformation. It's mm-hmm. only supposed to be for the benefit of the people in the movie, yeah. not the people watching the movie. 
we're supposed to see it and see the ugly, ugly duckling become a beautiful swan. I mean, one of my favorite parts of Princess Diaries is her makeover scene. One of my favorite, I'm a rom-com guy. If you guys don't know this about me, I love rom-coms. It is my favorite genre. I watch all of them. I love them. There's something magical about every single one. And one of the best parts of every single one is the transformation. Is the take off your glasses. You were never ugly. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter what they do. That is always one of the best parts. Mm -hmm. Because that is the first step into becoming this more confident character that we're going to fall in love with throughout the rest of the movie. Yeah. To deny us that, I can't connect to this character now. You left one way, you came back another way, but I have no idea when and how that happened. I don't care then. Especially since we watch you while you were there. We were we were a part of your time there. How did you not show us that change? Yeah, stupid. Like we saw a little bit of her getting more confident, but it wasn't enough. No, we barely saw her get confident. She talked to some people. Yeah. You're over there for a year, you're eventually going to talk to people. <laughs> There's no confidence in that. But... David is going to woo her, do his whole thing, and Linus steps in and is like, nah, bro, you ain't doing that. Because your relationship with Elizabeth is creating a merger for our company. Yeah. A billion dollar merger. Correct. So get your shit together. Yeah. And while they're having this talk, David sits on the flute glasses, the champagne flutes that are in his pocket, mm -hmm. and he just punctures his ass Was full that of on, glass. Was that on purpose? From Linus. He oh, knew, absolutely. He knew the glasses were in his back pocket. Oh, 100%. 100%. I'd never even doubted it. Is Linus a psychopath? No. Because he is calculating. Sociopath, yeah, maybe. he's calculating. Nah. But calculating to the fact of he's willing to have his brother get hurt. I mean, it wasn't going to kill him, so whatever. I mean, it's no different than, like, punching him in the face. Mm. Nah. I don't think so. But he does get hurt, and so he has to go get stitches in his ass. From all the glass cuts. And Linus sets up that he's going to be completely drugged out of his freaking mind. So that he can't understand anything that's happening. That's where I think the sociopath comes in. Truth. I don't think it's the sitting down and all that mm. stuff. But the idea of like pump him full of morphine. So that he doesn't know his left from his right. And doesn't know who's standing in his room. Or will remember anything. Because this is a way he's going to get Sabrina away from him. So that he she doesn't mess up this merger. Because how does he do that? He decides he's going to woo her. I don't even know if he decides that or if he really just needs to get her away from David for a couple days so David can focus back on his relationship. Oh, it was definitely his plan to woo her. Nah, get her so. attention on him. I don't think so. Yeah. He doesn't seem like that type of guy. I mean, he admits that that was what he was planning. No, he just admits that he was trying to get her away from David. He was the one, because she even mentions it the first time. So after David gets hurt and he goes rushing to the hospital, Linus has to go talk to her because she's waiting in the solarium for him. So Linus goes to talk to her and she even says something like, oh, you're like the lawyer who comes to tell the waitress to leave that guy alone. Here's $100,000 to disappear. Mm -hmm. And he's like, no, but I'd give a million dollars. And like, they make it into a joke, but he's definitely... That's the reason. It's not to woo her. It's just to get her to go away. But he realizes money's not what's going to do it. He has to physically remove her. Simply because she's had a crush on him forever. Correct. So she needs to have her affections go somewhere else. There's no other way to get her away I don't think it's affections, it. though. I, I think, think it's it literally is. just get her out of the picture. Nah. 
if she's at Martha's Vi- Martha's Vineyard, which is what happens next, she can't be with David. But he's already drugged up, so what's the point? Because she'll just he be has by to get his her, side. He has to get her interested in someone else. I don't think and so. the easiest way to do it is himself. I think that becomes the plan. I don't think that was originally the plan. I think the plan was just to get rid of her. Yeah, and after that first night where she denies the money, that's what the plan turns to be. No. Yes. No way. The whole reason he takes her to Martha's Vineyard is that he's already setting up doing all the like sweet things. Then this dude is a super genius villain. Yeah. Because that comes so quick to him. Yeah. No way. No way. But let's talk about Martha's Vineyard. Sure. Sure. So he's like, hey, we got a house there. We're trying to sell it. I know you were taking pictures in France. You're getting good at it. Can you come take these pictures? Takes her there in a helicopter because then no traffic. And a plane. And a plane. Super weird. God, fucking rich people. Yeah. This movie hate made me hate rich people even more than <laughs> I already hate rich people. Oh, it was no big deal. Yeah. Made you miss some tolls. What's, he looks at her like, what's tolls? But they go to Mithra's Vineyard so she can take these pictures. Then they go around town and he like tells her all these things about like, I own pretty much this whole area of town and I did this and this and this. And then we find out he's lying out of his ass about all of it. Well, they did own that building sure but he's lying about everything yeah in this moment but he makes up for it because for some fucking reason talking to this woman for five minutes makes everybody completely change their character mm-hmm. this woman has some magic i don't know some magic boobs like you look <laughs> at them and all of a sudden you're like oh my god i'm a better person now <laughs> i was actually gonna bring this up in my questions but is she the 90s version of a pixie dream girl no are you sure she because suddenly weird. everyone is in love with her. Sure, but it, no. And wants them this, to change. This is, I, having watched a ton of rom-coms and just romance movies in general, there wasn't a pixie dream girl in the 90s. I know. They were I was all saying different. this is the version of it no, that would be there. This is, I don't know what this is. Because every other rom-com, every everything, there's always that like conflict before they realize they like each other. But this man is changing five minutes after meeting her. This is, this is a witch. She is super powered got magic happening i don't know what the hell she did in france but it was some voodoo sh- someone took over her body it's not even her it's anymore not, yeah i don't understand it's freaking ursula <laughs> from little mermaid coming back i don't know where's her shell it's yeah. glowing somewhere it's super weird because he's like oh i made that a halfway house because i love poor people and people who are in jail and they need help and blah 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 and it's like you don't give a sh- about these people yeah but then like two scenes later, he tells his secretary, hey, you know that house we own over there? Give it to the city and turn it into a halfway house. So he does what he lied about doing mm-hmm. because he is so in love with her, with her. Infatuated yeah. with her that he has to. Yeah. What the f- He even cooks for her. Oh my God, it's so they weird. Ride, he rides a bike for her. It's so- oh, In that get, first date. Hate it. Hate basically. It. So, yeah, they kind of fall for each other a little bit here. And it's super weird because she actually didn't really fall for him. You can mm-hmm. see, like, a glimpse of it, but she's still connected to David. Yeah, she's seeing, like, the humanity in him, basically. Yeah. But it wasn't enough to get her off David's... No. ...the whole thing. Train. Yeah. Yeah. But then they go on a date. They go out to dinner together. Mm-hmm. And this is where you finally see her coming around to Linus. Really getting into him. Yeah. It's weird. Right? Is this date weird? It's a little weird. It's interesting because you definitely see him falling for her, 
more than you see her falling for him. Yeah. Even though, like, he tries to deny it later. Like, it's just so more evident on him than it is on her. This date is the moment you realize when the truth comes of how I've been lying to you the whole time and just trying to get you away from David. That that's a lie. He's actually in love with her. This is the date that makes me realize that lie will be a lie. Or that truth will be a lie. I saw it already in Martha's Vineyard. Mm. I saw so many little looks he gave her and so many little like moments of, oh yeah. Well, okay. according to you, that was him trying to woo her. So he was doing those looks to get her yeah, on board. Yeah, but when you're doing those looks when she's not looking, that's yeah, a thing. I don't know. But it's also a weird date because this is the one scene where maybe their chemistry isn't the best. Mm. And it does stand out that yeah. like, uh, you might have been able to get a different actor or a different actress in here and, and it could have played better. Make it work better. better. Yeah. yeah. This is the one moment that it really stands out to me. That's It's fair. not bad. It's just not good either. True. It's just two actors reading lines. I don't really feel it. Yeah. I felt it more at Martha's Vineyard than I did at this dinner date. Yeah. It was just a weird scene in general. I don't think it was necessary. I think them doing activities together was more important than just sitting down to have dinner. Yeah. Which is really interesting because that's the time that she's supposed to like, oh yes, I love him now. And it's like, but why? Yeah, it just didn't didn't work out. So they keep falling for each other. David's kind of better now. So she sees him a couple times and like tries to talk to him, but always getting interrupted. And Well, she's starting to really enjoy Linus now. So she's interrupting her time with David. Yeah. And then everything explodes. Because Linus admits all the wrongdoings. The fact that he's been lying to her this whole time and really he's just trying to get her away from David. That he booked a trip to Paris and was just going to leave her there. Yeah, because she's going to interfere with his billion dollar merger. Mm -hmm. That's it. It's not even about... He doesn't care if she ends up with David. Mm -hmm. He only cares about this merger because he only cares about work. He doesn't have girlfriends. In fact, the staff thinks he's gay. Yeah, that was kind of funny. There's a whole scene about them being like, he's gay. And some people being like, no, he's not. And the one helper being like, oh, he's gay? Oh, I like him more now. Yeah. And um, then having the dad go in and be like, no, he, he's, he's hetero. heterosexual. Yeah. So that's kind of where he's at. Everybody thinks he's gay because he doesn't have this relationship stuff. So this is like super weird. And that could be why the chemistry is off too, because he's supposed to be playing such a This is workaholic. his first everything. Yeah. Yeah. So it could be. I'm, I'm not trying to like defend it because it is bad at times, but I don't think it's the worst thing in this movie. Fair. But he admits everything he's been doing is just to save this merger. And you're right. He's going to take her to Paris on a trip mm -hmm. and just leave her behind with an apartment in her name and $500,000 in the bank. So he wasn't going to abandon her. Yeah, no, no, no. Like on a street corner somewhere. Yeah, ditch you. She was going to be well taken care of. But yeah, what a dick move. Yeah. You know what's even worse though? Hmm. She takes it. Yeah, she... She freaking takes it. Well, I don't know if she takes the money, but she does take the trip. Because no, she... she doesn't end up at the apartment that he set up for her. No, she doesn't. But when she takes the plane, he's like, I'll drive you, I'll drive you home. And she's like, no, I'll fly home. So she's gonna move there. She's taking the ticket. She's yeah. gonna move there. Not to the apartment, but she's got 500,000 francs. She's gonna go, I think she's just at a hotel at the end of the movie. Could be. She's just staying in a hotel probably until she figures whatever out she's gonna do. But she takes it. Mm -hmm. What are you doing? You've been in love with this man your like entire life. And you're gonna 
leave it for a trip to Paris. And then you fall in love with the brother who admits all this crazy shit. And you're just like, all right, I guess I'm just going to go to Paris now. Yeah. What a weak ass move. Ah. Uh, weak. Uh, this this shit wouldn't happen in 2023. In 2023, it would have become a whole nother movie in the second half. After this was, this would have happened halfway through the movie, and then it would have become a revenge movie where she like systematically <laughs> gonna, destroys him. I'm gonna leak all this to the press and ruin your business. Yeah, yeah. It would be a whole thing because they would not make this weak of a female character in modern day. She's. I don't know. It takes some kind of strength to be like, you know what? F you. I'm. I'm going. There's no F you though. It's just mm. I'm going. Mm. I don't know. It was a part that I just didn't like. That's fair. I just don't think it served the character very well or the story very well. That's fair. But she does get to go say bye to David and yeah. doesn't tell him what's actually happening. No. She's is like, just like, oh, yeah, I want I'm... a trip to Paris. Bye. bye. Even though he kind of figures it out. Oh, he does figure it out. He not, not kind of. He 100% figures it out because the next scene is him walking into Linus's office and being like, how could you do that to me? How could you do that to her? And then just punches him right yeah. in the face. Yeah. And that, that is... One, great acting by Greg Kinnear in mm. that moment. Two, great scene because it's Linus's wake-up call. True. If anything changes for him in this movie, it's when he gets punched in the face in that moment. Because all of a sudden, his brother is a completely different person. And he sees how his meddling in things affected people for real. People close to him. That is true. And it wakes him up. And it's amazing. And his brother is a completely different person because right after that, he's like, meet me in my office. Where is my office? <laughs> because him lose, again, magic, him losing Sabrina woke him up to the person he should be. Mm -hmm. And then that forces him to confront his brother who gets the wake up call because of Sabrina and everything changes. It is the weirdest moment, but it's so good at the same time. Yeah. Like I could watch that scene right now again, just again. <laughs> And again, it's such a great moment. And I just got to applaud Greg Kinnear in, in it. Harrison Ford then goes, all right, well, you know what? He figures everything out. David must really actually love Sabrina. So he's like, hey, take the plane ticket to Paris that I was going to take. Put it in his, it calls his secretary in. He's like, put this ticket in David's name. Get him ready to go. And we're going to send him to go get her. And he tells him, he's like, listen, I've already got it all set up. You need to go get Sabrina. I'm not going to stand in the way. If the merger doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Yeah. He sets a, me a meeting to discuss the merger. Right. And then he calls everybody. He's like, emergency meeting. We got to discuss the merger. But David, sneaky, sneaky David, mm -hmm. goes to his office that he's never been to at the building. And he goes in and he does his own little sneaky meetings and his own little business stuff. And I'm going to save this because I'm going to talk about it later. Everything he does. Yeah. But then... The meeting happens, and the meeting is happening with David's fiance, the pediatrician doctor that forced him into an engagement. Well, it's with his parent, her parents. Her, so they all show up for this meeting. Linus is like, listen, if this merger doesn't happen, we've been playing back and forth for a while. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But right now, my brother is, and he walks in, and he's like, I'm right here. Let's do this meeting. With here's Elizabeth. The here's proposals. Here's this. Here's that. Let's just go through this. Linus, sign this. That's for the merger. Oh, sign this too, because that's for my promotion and my raise. <laughs> because apparently he's been paying attention this entire time. Oh, yeah. And he's not an idiot, like everybody thought. And so he figures it all out, and he's like, Linus, listen, you haven't had a vacation in a while. 
there's a girl in Paris right now who you're in love with, whether you want to admit it or not. I already had your secretary go to your house and pack your bags. Uh, Mom was involved. She helped. Yeah. My fiance helped. I'm here. We did it. Screw you. Go to Paris. Get the girl. Mm-hmm. Great moment. Wonderful. I love in movies like this when you get that moment of they all come together to put enact a plan that the main character knows nothing about. It happens in movies all the time and it gets me every time. It's a wonderful cliche and I always love it. Yeah. It's one of those ones where I'm like, oh, it's so cliche, but it's necessary and please don't ever get rid of it. Yeah. So he does. He goes to Paris and he gets the girl. Mm-hmm. End of movie. We yeah. do get a great moment though, okay? We get a great moment while they're going because obviously her dad's the chauffeur. So her dad is going to drive Linus to the airport and he literally is like, you don't deserve her. And it was like, damn, man. Hells yeah. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Stand up for your girl. Yeah. And Linus is like, I know. I don't, but I'm going to try. But I need her. Yeah. I need her and I will be better and I, I will make her happy. I This didn't end up being my life of finds a way line, but I really thought it would be is the I need her and I don't need anything. Oh, God, so good. So good. This is the moment why you get Harrison Ford, too. Mm -hmm. Because he shows this wonderful, powerful vulnerability in this moment where you're like, you can see the struggle in him to admit these things, but it's almost like a magical force is making him admit these things against his will. Even though they're the truth, it's like he doesn't want to admit it. Mm -hmm. Great moment. So good. But then the dad gets out of the car and is like, sir, you're going to have to run from here. Go get her. Like, he he agrees. Which is funny to me because he runs in the opposite direction that they were going. Mm, are you sure? I'm fairly certain that I'm he does. pretty sure he runs towards the front of the car. I thought he ran off. toward the back. Because they're when they're getting out, the front of the car is screen left when we're looking at him. And then he runs screen left. So, no, he it's definitely runs right. the right way. No, it's not. It's not. Trust me. I'm going to watch it again. Okay, watch it again. As soon as we're done potting. Watch okay. it again. I'm right. But yeah, it's super cute. So he does. He goes and gets the girl. That's it. The end. Yeah. Cute. Yeah. Cute. It didn't really need uh, much more than that. No. Here's some notes that I had that we didn't talk about just real fast. Um, Sabrina at the beginning is adorably awkward. Like, I know she's a little bit of a stalker and weird, but like there's moments of it of just being adorably awkward. It's the weirdest proposal ever. The whole dare bothers me. This movie's a little too fast-paced. Things just kind of happen without mm-hmm. real setup. It's just a go, go, go. But it's two hours and like seven minutes long. So I'm not sure why it feels so fast. They yeah. don't really give a lot of stuff room to breathe. Harrison Ford is amazing in this. And He's, yet annoying at the same time. Yes. He, I think the character is supposed to be annoying. So I'm not sure mm-hmm. if it was him or the character. But he's sassy, he's witty, and he's just Harrison Ford charming. True. So it's just, it's great. The fact that they grew up together, I think, adds a wonderful layer to these characters. Because we don't need to see them as kids doing anything. But I love when they're like on the date and she's like, do you remember when we spent a whole night together? Because I came into the house and the lights were off and I turned them on and I shocked myself. I thought I got hit by lightning and we Mm. spent a whole rainy day together. Like, just mentioning it shows that these characters have history, which I think just is a great layer to this movie. Yeah. Without having to show it. Uh, her dad is wonderful. And I love the idea of her being stuck between two men. One is a real man in front of her that she really knows. And one is a fantasy man that she thinks is Prince Charming. 
and her being stuck between what's real and what's her fantasy and trying to come with terms, come to terms of which one to go for is just a great idea to kind of showcase. Yeah. Uh, I also think she's super smart, which is nice. For a 1995 movie, she's a pretty smart female character. Yeah. Which didn't happen a lot in this time period. This is kind of like, this is the start of a slow change that we're still dealing with today in Hollywood, where we're actually letting women not just be a side piece. (laughs) They're being a focus and they're actually controlling their own narrative. So I like that she kind of steps up throughout, except for the one part where she takes the trip to Paris. Still pisses me off. (laughs) Um, And then the scene where he admits the wrongdoings. For it being a romantic comedy, that's a tense scene. Yeah. Like, edge of your seat, gripping your your armrest. Tense. To to see how far he was willing to go. Because he just made out with her. Like, they just had a really passionate kiss right before he admits everything. Mm -hmm. And, like, she's already slapped him once. So you're like, I don't know what's coming, but I'm in. Let's go. It's just really good. She's yeah. really good. You got anything you want to talk about before we get into nits and all that? I really wish it was something else that got them together. Like, I wish it wasn't her, like, creepy stalkerish on his brother. Okay. What else? Um, I'm ready to go into nits. All right. Let's do nits. Go ahead. Uh, David and Linus don't really sound anything alike. So when Sabrina is trying to say goodbye to David at the beginning of the movie, she should probably know that it's not David. Yeah, but he says like one word. Still, you're obsessed with this guy. You know his voice inside and out. Like you should know that it's not him. Yeah, but when you catch somebody off guard. I guess. It it bothered me a little too. If he would have said anything more, it would have been a really big issue for me. But I think because he only says like a word or two, I can forgive it a little. Okay. And then my other knit is a massive one for me because she did not bring him back a paperweight. How dare she? I was really expecting that paperweight to come back. I wrote it as maybe a knit when she came back and didn't, like, if she didn't have it with her. And then I switched to a full knit when she didn't do it. Yeah, I think it would have been a cute thing of, like, her bringing it back for him. And then that could have been a catalyst also. Could Mm -hmm. have helped their relationship along that she did it. Even though she was embarrassed in the moment, she still did it for him. Yeah. Would have been cute. So it's either that or at the very end, handing it to him while they're in Paris. Oh, that would be cute. Yeah. All right. Is that it on your nits? Yeah. Mine are, her love of David makes zero sense, and it just bothers me the entire time. Yeah. It's the can't, want what you can't have, I guess. I don't know. Super yes. weird. The We already kind of talked about it, but the transformation not being explained, mm-hmm. it was something I couldn't get over for the rest of the movie. Yeah. She's completely different. It's not a small thing. She doesn't even look like her. Looks, personality, yeah. everything. It, weird. What did their company do? So we just keep hearing about their company and they're going to merge with this company who's a tech company who makes like a really indestructible TV. (laughs) And like, what does their company do? You know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. He owns a couple networks. A little bit of something. Yeah. Yeah. Super weird. The proposal, the proposal had me on the floor with how much I was angry about it. It is so dumb. Oh, at the hospital? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just saved a five-year-old's life. We're talking about dinner. Uh, I dare you to marry me. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, what the... F- Why would anybody think this is actually going to to stand up? Like, they're actually going to end up together. This is awful. Uh, awful. Yeah. The dad, we didn't talk about this, because it was going to be in my nits. The dad's a millionaire. Her dad is a mm-hmm. millionaire. 
Because as the chauffeur, which, sorry, absolutely brilliant. There should be more millionaire chauffeurs out there. Mm-hmm. This dude is like, every time I heard him talking, if he was buying something, I'd buy it. If he was selling something, I'd sell it. I just learned. I paid attention and I learned. Yeah. And now I have $2 million. Okay, I get it. At the end, he's like, we were just putting it away for you. Do you have $2 million, man. You didn't have to work at this job anymore. You could have went and bought a house somewhere with your with your wife, with her mom, and like retired and still had money left for your kid. Yeah. It just, I get it. It was really cute. I think it's the $2 million that I'm knitting the most. Okay. If it would have been like 500000 750000 not as big of a problem. But the fact that it's $2 million and he still works this shitty chauffeur job, ridiculous. Uh, he seems to like the chauffeur job because it gives him time to read. It does give him time to read, but you have $2 million. You can do as much reading as you want. Yeah. All right, let's go into questions. Was it too fast of a romance? Yeah, 100%. Her and Linus shouldn't be in love by the end of this movie. It's like two days. It's super weird. Yeah. All right. Uh, Could this movie work with any other actors? Yeah, we already talked about it. Do I know who? Off the top of my head. Uh, 1995, you probably could have put Tom Cruise in this role as Linus. Eh. He's more the age. True. He works better. Still doesn't kiss his kiss well, though. How do you know? Every time I've watched him kiss something yeah, in a you've movie. you've only seen like the newer movies of him. That's fair. Him in Risky Business kisses like a champ. Uh, all right. Just saying. This is weird. We should stop talking about how people kiss. <laughs> well, I'm going to knit our podcast right now and it's talking about people kissing, but it's funny. Uh, yeah, I think like Tom Cruise probably could have done it. You could put Greg Kinnear as older brother and you could have pulled off like a up and coming Brad Pitt. Okay. And, like, so then she could have fallen for Greg Kinnear, but she was in love with Brad Pitt the whole time. Okay, I could have seen that. And if we're switching up actresses, I think if you really want people to get butts in seats, you're going to probably pull in, like, uh, Julia Roberts. Ooh, yeah. You know, she's coming off, Mm -hmm. like, Pretty Woman and stuff like that. She could have easily done this role. It would have been very similar to a Pretty Woman, plain plain Jane, except this time she's not a hooker. (laughs) Like, getting transformed into Pretty Princess. But obviously it worked once. Why not do it again? Yeah. Or you could have get a real young Sandra Bullock to come in and knock this role out because I think she would have crushed it. That's fair. Uh, who would you pick? David or Linus? Linus. Because he actually sees the people. Is this character of Linus just a more sophisticated Han Solo? Is this like if Han Solo had money, this would be that character? Definitely mm. feels that way. Mm. Has those great one-liners. He's a little bit shady, but really charming at the same time. Kind of. I, w- I wouldn't say so in, in, in 100%. I don't know. Really? It's the, it's the Harrison Ford. Yeah, so Harrison Ford just plays the same character over and over and over again. Like, no I matter guess. what he does. Because like Indiana Jones is just Han Solo. Yeah. But as an adventurer instead of a smuggler. This is just Han Solo as a romantic lead rather than a smuggler. So it's Harrison Ford as a romantic lead yeah. instead of a smuggler. But he doesn't know how to become the character. He's just Harrison Ford. I guess. Hmm. Yeah, I've just noticed that. The more I watch like his movies back to back, it's just, he's just Harrison Ford. What was the question David asks Elizabeth at the end of the movie? He asks her a question? Yeah, she walks into his office when he's setting it all up for Linus to get the girl. Uh-huh. She walks into his office and he says, all right, well, I guess it's not a question, but it's like, all right, I'm going to tell you a story and you're going to tell me how it all turns out. What was the story? That this chick has loved me for her entire life, and now she's in love with my brother, and my brother's in love with her. But where do they fit into this? Do you want to still get married? But he doesn't want to get married. He might. I don't know. It's just weird. He actually loved her. 
That's why he was willing to sure. wait for her. Sure, but then he immediately goes to this other chick. So clearly he's he, second he guessing sec- himself. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, it's just weird. Uh, are David and Elizabeth still together at the end? Do they get married? Uh, I think so. I think they... Do they postpone it though? Like they push it off like two years, like a two year engagement? Uh, maybe not two years, but maybe a year. Okay, interesting. I don't, th- I don't know. I don't know. I know it's not their story, but like some kind of conclusion to their story would have been nice. Yeah. Like an invite to their wedding or something yeah. like that. Uh, what piece of memorabilia do you want from this movie? My I answer mean, is her camera. Ooh. Okay. Reason? It was kind of pivotal to her character. I mean, was it? Kind of. She took a couple pictures in France and then he used it to get her to Martha's Vineyard and then we never saw the camera again. I like her camera. <laughs> That's fair. I want the red sports car that he picks her up in and drives her home in. Okay. The Ferrari. That's what I want. It's fair. I want to go fast. <laughs> if this movie came out in 2023, you have control of it. Do you send it to theaters, put it straight to streaming, or do you rewrite it into a miniseries? I could see it going to a miniseries. Yeah, you think so? I think so. I think they slow burn that turning to love. They'd have to have a lot more set pieces. Oh, yeah. Of dates and misunderstandings and stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can see it. I think it goes straight to streaming. It ends up on Netflix and people watch it that first weekend and then it just completely disappears into the ether. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, what comes next? They spend some time in Paris, realize that they don't actually know each other at all and don't actually have feelings for each other and go their separate ways. But David and Elizabeth get married and have four beautiful children. Okay. Okay. I, uh, I think Linus and... Sabrina realize they're not meant for each other. She realizes she's still still in love with David. David realizes he doesn't actually want to be a part of the company. He just wants the money. So him and Sabrina actually end up together and they just go trotting around the world taking pictures. And Elizabeth realizes, you know who's a really hard worker? Linus. <laughs> and they switch. The couples just switch. Mm. See, I think Sabrina goes back to Louis. Louis? Louis. Louis, the photographer. Meh. She's already in Paris. Come and gone. He's he's too far gone now. Nah. All right, let's go into these awards. Okay. First up is the psycho shower scene, your favorite scene in the movie. What do you got? Everyone's coming together to send Linus off to Sabrina. So the end of the movie. Yeah, basically. Okay. Just him coming in and be like, ha ha, I knew you were in love with her. Here's all the things I did. And oh yeah, mother helped and your uh, assistant helped. Great. I love that whole moment. Great moment. We already kind of talked about it, though. Oh, yeah. Or how, just keep those kind of moments in movies. They're always fun. Always. Mine is the... It's a long scene. It's actually like more than one scene kind of rolled together. But it's him picking her up, driving her home, her having so much fun with the fact he has no idea who she is, mm-hmm. all the way up until the moment that Linus goes, Hey, Sabrina, welcome home. And... David's reaction, Greg Kinnear, in this moment of him being like, Sabrina? Sabrina? Wait, Sabrina? And then he like walks, she's like, I'll get my bags later. And he like walks towards her and he's like, Sabrina? Why does he keep saying that? (laughs) Yeah. And then I love Linus just looking at him and just going, no. (laughs) So from the moment he picks her up until that no, Mm -hmm. I could watch that moment again and again and again and again. It's It's so so freaking good. Next is the Life uh, Finds a Way Award. I'm, I'm simply saying that life uh, 
finds a way. For your favorite line in the movie, I'll go first. Can I go first? Sure. All right. So it's from Sabrina, and it's when she's talking to Linus when they first start hanging out. I know you work in the real world, and you're awfully good at it. I'll bet you haven't made a wrong move since you were three. But that's work. Where do you live, Linus? Such a poignant, powerful line here. Mm -hmm. Because that's the turning point. That's what gets the gears going in his head. And I love that she's like, it's awesome. I love that you work. But work stays at work. What else do you do? We all need to learn something from uh, the people in France who work hard. But they play hard. But they know how to stop. Correct. Mine is in the same vein of uh, Sabrina talking to Linus. And she goes, More isn't always better, Linus. Sometimes it's just more. It's another one of those, I want to, you know, cut you off at the knees and be like, no, no, no. You don't always have to do so much. You don't always need so much. Sometimes more is just more. Yeah. Sometimes just stop. Mm -hmm. That our two lines are basically just, Linus, stop. Slow your roll. Fantastic. Yeah. Next up is the Prestige Award. Every magic trick has a third act. The hardest part. The part we call the Prestige. This is for the biggest WTF moment in the movie. Sabrina having a magazine page of David up on her wall in France. So, so weird. So weird. It's not even just like you have a picture of him. It's from a magazine. Like, why? Uh, Why would she have a picture of him? Just in general. Yeah. Yeah. So weird. Um, Mine also, well, I guess the whole movie involves Sabrina, so it makes sense. But mine involves Sabrina. But it's not so much about her. It's about Linus. When they're at Martha's Vineyard and they're riding bikes. (laughs) What the f- What about the character of Linus makes me think that one, he owns a bike. And two, he rides it ever. He probably probably rented them on the island. That's apparently just what you do in Martha's Vineyard. Why is he on a bike? I understand. You're going to tell me. Well, he's trying to woo her, so he needs to fake this. He's going to be the everyman. This man doesn't know how to ride a bike. This man has done work. He'd probably know how to ride a horse before he knew how to ride a bike. Yeah. Seeing him on a bike was the weirdest thing, and it took me like longer than I'd like to admit to process what was actually happening. Nah. Because it was so freaking weird. Just to show her that he can be the everyman. So dumb. Literally just just lost it in that moment. (laughs) Next is the Han Shop First Award. Now Oscar. Yes, I bet you have. This is the award for the thing that held up the worst since this movie came out. And mine is the cliche of the idiot brother or idiot insert character who's actually really intelligent and has been paying attention the entire time, even though you didn't know they were. It is one of the dumbest cliches in all of movies. I don't like it. And it just completely ruins moments for me. Him walking in and being like, now at least this movie did a decent-ish job of setting it up earlier where Linus is like, listen, dude, you went to school to be a lawyer, but you just never took the bar. Then you went to business school. I got you an office here. I never see you. Then you studied a bunch of languages that you never speak. So like they tried to establish like he's got something going on. They also... Do it with uh, Sabrina telling him, oh, my dad asked him once why he doesn't go to the office. And he says, well, Linus already does it. There's, I don't need to. 
yeah. I don't have to be there. So like, they do a decent job of setting it up, but I'm just so fucking sick of it. Uh, for me, it's Harrison Ford trying to kiss someone. <laughs> yeah. I Every know. single kiss in this movie is just so bad. So bad. At least there's only like three of them. Yeah. All right. And our last award, as always, is the Paul Rudd Award. I'm Paul Rudd, and I adapt. For what held up the best? The small moments of their romance. So getting to watch the little moments of... The looks. The looks, the like thoughtful expressions, seeing the changes in them towards each other. I thought that was the best part for me. Interesting. Okay. But you didn't like the romance overall? Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Mine is Harrison Ford. Do, do I think this is his best role? No, but I think him doing this this sassy, charming, but still gruff person without the action, without the like extra layer to it, felt more like a real Harrison Ford. Like I imagine this is how Harrison Ford really is mm. in real life. So because of that, I feel like the character came across so much more genuine, so much more believable, and so like... He, he was really connected to this character, and I was just drawn to it. Fair enough. All right. What'd you think of the movie overall? I enjoyed it. I had a lot more laughs out of this movie than I ever thought I would. As a romance, meh. But, but does it hold up? I think it actually does. Surprisingly, you know, obviously some technology's not the same, but a lot of it is. Because they talk, they're talking about an indestructible flat screen for most of the movie. Yeah. So nothing about it is too overly dated. It's a lot of fun to watch still. I would recommend people watch it. Okay. I sadly think it does not hold up. I think mostly it doesn't hold up because of Sabrina. Mm. I think she's not a great main character that I want to follow. I don't think she's... She has a couple small moments, but overall she's not a very powerful character. And I don't think that's... A, character women should be modeling themselves off of or learning anything from and if it was made in 2023 that character would be tossed in the trash and completely rewritten top to bottom and because of that i don't think it holds up is it enjoyable can you watch it and laugh absolutely but it would never get made today all right so all right, cool. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Does It Hold Up, where we talked about 1995's Sabrina, starring Harrison Ford. Let us know over on our socials what you thought about this movie, if you've ever seen it. Do you think it holds up? Do you want to watch it now after hearing us talk about it? Just come let us know your thoughts. You can click the link in the description of this episode to see where you can find us at. Hopefully, we did this movie some justice here. We gave some good talk about it and just... It was entertaining, at least. <laughs> um, sorry if we if I didn't say what you wanted. I get it. <laughs> you, but thank you for giving us this suggestion. This is a movie I'd never seen. I'm glad that we watched it. It was a lot of fun. I plan to go watch the original. Yep. The original's fantastic. But anyway, so thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week with another classic movie to decide if it still holds up to today's standards. And until then, just remember that you're a legend, so be good to yourself. But more importantly, be kind to others. And as always, keep watching movies. Bye.